May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Some of you may be familiar with a song that plays every time you turn the radio on. It doesn't matter what station. It's the song um, that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga sang in the most recent version of A Star is Born. And it's called Shallow. But the words of the song have to do with diving into the deep place, not the shallow place. And I bring that up this morning just as a sort of a, you'll hear the song a million times, so maybe it'll remind you of the sermon. But it's also important because this particular gospel story is such a dramatic and famous one. Um, It's kind of over the top. And our tendency is to think about the demons into the pigs and then the pigs going over the cliff into the lake and drowning. It's very cinematic and dramatic. I want to suggest that I think this is one of the most important stories that we have. And I think Luke was diving into a deep place, not a shallow place, as he told the story. There are about 50 sermons in this story, so you're just going to get one. But it's an important story, so let's try to hold it in that way. I think what it shows, what Luke is trying to show, is the power, the absolute power of Jesus. So the story talks about demons, and we tend to dismiss that. But I want to be really clear He's not talking about mental illness in an individual person. Mental illness in an individual person is a very serious, obviously a very serious medical condition. Many of us struggle with it for ourselves, for our families and our friends. That's not what Luke is doing here. This man is possessed by demons and he says his name is Legion. So legion is the word for a 5,000-troop Roman battalion, basically. So the demons are trying, or Luke is trying to suggest that the demons that are inside this man are very many and are reflective of what's going on in the world. So in fact, the demons are not really just in the man. The story is about the whole community. Because if you think about it, the first half of the story is all about the man living out in the wilds. It's about all the efforts that the community make to guard him and chain him up, but he breaks free. He lives among the tombs, among the dead, outcasts from the community. But he's not alone. The community is involved in all of this. In fact... They spend a lot of their time and their resources dealing with the reality of these demons that are right there in front of their face. And not only trying to contain them, but they tolerate it. We don't know how long this has been going on, but the text suggests for a really long time, this constant stirring and discord and division and Illness and screaming and homelessness and perhaps hunger and all of these 
things are going on right there in their community, and they're tolerating it. So I think Luke is trying to suggest that this is a condition of the world. This is a condition of the world. And when Jesus shows up and heals the man, we get this incredible image. I don't know if this is going to work with the microphone, but we get this incredible image of the man sitting very still, clothed, and in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. So you have this tremendous contrast between all of the anxiety and the spinning over here. And when he draws near to Jesus, he's still and clothed and in his right mind. And the people were very, very afraid when they saw that. That's an enormous statement. God wants wholeness for his world. God wants wholeness for each one of us. And wholeness, being healed, may mean being in our right minds and drawing very, very near to Jesus all the time. So I think Luke is describing something about the overall human condition. And if that's true, then he's also describing the church. It's not just the world out there. It has to be in here, too. So a question for us is, what do we tolerate and support even in this cycle of anxiety and worry and spinning and exclusion and you can name them. I don't know all of those things, right? How much time do we spend and energy do we spend over here in this cycle as opposed to being over here kneeling at the feet of Jesus? So if it's true for the church, and it's true for the world, then it's true for each one of us individually, right? Same question. How much time and energy do I spend over in this side worrying about things I can't do anything about? Holding on to grudges? Assuming I know what's better for other people than they know for themselves or than God knows for them? How much time do I spend complaining about how busy I am? How much time do I spend not being with my family or drawing near to Jesus with each one of you? I think those are real questions, and I think Luke is suggesting that real healing, this healing 
that Jesus does in the story is micro and macro. And he gives us the answer. The man draws very near to Jesus, sits at his feet, still, calm, in prayer, in gratitude. But then, when the rest of the people throw Jesus out, because this is way too scary to have somebody in their right mind and calm who might tell some truths, that's too scary. They throw Jesus out. And the man says, well, I'm going to come with you in the boat. And Jesus says, no, no, that's not why I healed you. I healed you to bring you back into community, into this very imperfect community. And now your job is to walk around and tell everyone the good news. Tell everyone. Tell everyone what God did for you, what God is doing for you. Because you're healed and you're in your right mind and you know where the power of the world resides now. You know it for yourself in your bones. And the power of the world is not in the imperial Roman Empire. It's not even in the value of all those pigs. The real power of the world is here in Jesus. And he offers that healing to each of us. Deep, deep story. So there's a little little coda. You'll notice that throughout the season of Pentecost and ordinary time, so throughout the summer, we'll be saying the post-communion prayer, the number that's on page 366. It's the second one. And there's a reason for that. It has in there the line, and now, Father, send us out. And y'all jump right to the next line to do the work you've given us to do. I want to encourage us to think about this season as a season of being sent out. And so let's say it with some space. Just like Jesus sent out the man who was healed to be in his community and proclaim good news, so too, so too are we, after we have eaten at this table, at God's table with Jesus, We, too, are sent out, yes, to do work, but yes, to proclaim the good news of all that God is doing for us and doing for us here in community. Thanks be to God.